Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 86th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, as well as its co-founder. And uh, we are back, almost done with season two. We I just got the, uh, the Spotify wrapped um, numbers. A big thank you to everyone who's been on this podcast. A uh, big thank you to everyone who's listened, the thousands of you apparently that have listened around the world, including our new listeners in India and the UAE. Hey, if you're listening now, we love you. You're great. Thanks for listening. Uh, but we are right now in uh, our final review series uh, for 2021. Of course, it's a Disney Plus review series. Uh, it's called the Pizza Dog Chronicles, a.k.a. Pizza Slices and Trick Shots, because I like mine better, but I didn't run it past Al. So uh, it is our Hawkeye review series. We're talking about episode four. And uh, I mentioned him. He's 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 uh, sitting in the back of the struggle bus right now. He's uh, he's had a rough day, guys. Um he is the reluctant managing editor of the popbreak.com. Why is he having a rough day? Because he has to deal with me all the time. Mr. Al Manorino, fresh off a photo shoot of churches in Philly. How you doing, bud? I am definitely on the struggle bus. Uh, I'm doing not well, but I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here with uh, you and our uh, our guests. Um, you know, I know this is not an advice podcast, but my advice for everyone is to not drink tequila for an extended period of time and then switch to uh, mad elf which is an 11 percent beer um and drink almost no water in between so i i highly recommend you don't do that uh but yeah i'm i'm, I'm here i'm alive for now thanks for losing that taramana tequila uh sponsorship i was hoping for sorry Dwayne, i apologize <laughs> this man is a knave um the weirdest thing I've done on this podcast. Uh, yeah. Joining us this week is our resident guest for this mini series. Um, he is a longtime writer, editor, and photographer on thepopbreak.com. Uh, his most recent piece was about the series premiere of Showtime's new drama, Yellow Jackets. He has shot everyone from Zach Brown Band to. Uh, Imagine Dragons for the popbreak.com. He's also covered such things as Lollapalooza uh, in great detail. You should check him out on Substream where he's shot photos, written about television and movies. Uh, to me, he's always the golden star. Marjani Rawls, welcome back, bud. Good to be back. Good to be back, fellas. Talking about some Hawkeye and I'm sure some other stuff. Uh, if you listened to last week, it was Bill's birthday. That was pretty funny. Um, it was a good time. No, it was a good time. I'm, I'm glad to be back. And we're joined by another cool friend that I just met. Yes, we are making his podcast debut. And apparently I just, he's going to start writing for the popbreak.com real soon. Uh, he is a friend of Al's. So of course we, you know, this is the same guy who brought Ryan DeMarco on, and he's the least liked person in pop break history. Um, you've seen his work on a giant freaking robot, Fox, which we'll forgive him for, and uh, so many other places around the internet, including Den of Geek, where he's written stuff about Arrow and The Flash. Tyler McCarthy, the most Irish-named person to ever come on this podcast. Welcome in, man. 
Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'll, um, I have to confess, my brother's name is Ryan Patrick, so I, he beats me there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's great to be here, specifically for Hawkeye. Um, you know, there's, I, you know, obviously I've always been a fan of Hawkeye. I've always been a fan of the non-super superheroes. And there's also just a lot of, like, rumor and connective tissue with this show that really lights up my brain. So I'm excited to be here to talk about it with you guys specifically. Well, let's let's jump into your thoughts so far. Um, of course, you can hear us, uh, Merjani, Al, and I wax poetic about the first three episodes of Hawkeye in episode 85, which you can find on all your favorite streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Anchor Podcasts. My God, that was a good segue. Gosh, dang it. Um, it's alcohol talking, guys. Don't worry. I'm never this confident. Um, but Tyler, tell us about I'm your thoughts. You know, listen. I'm, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get the Terramana sponsorship back. Disney Plus won't even acknowledge us. So, um, I just want to kiss on the cheek and tell me I'm doing a good job. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the first three episodes so far of Hawkeye? It's, you said you're a fan of the non super superhero. So, your expectations of this show and have they met them so far? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, they definitely have met them. I think a lot of us were bummed, and I believe. 2015 when age of ultron came out which was also around the time the matt fraction comic came out to learn that you know hawkeye isn't some like you know drunken bachelor in brooklyn like hanging out with kate bishop and doing street level stuff he's a family man in apparently the midwest or something like that and i think it was like that felt like a nail in the coffin that we're ever going to see a faithful adaptation of this comic series and now here we are 2021 and we're seeing that pretty faithful adaptation of the comic series and then it's been a pleasant surprise. Um, definitely the hearing you guys talk last week, the, uh, on episode 85, you covered a lot of ground and a lot of it. I agree with it's all been, um, exactly what I was expecting. It's a lot of Kate Bishop, which, you know, if you've read the comic, I read it years ago when I was like, just starting to date my now fiance. So I was very distracted at the time, but I, I got right through it. And, but I've got the memory of a goldfish. So I only remember the broad strokes, like, you know, his car and the chase scene on the bridge. Um, but it, it's really been great to see Haley Steinfeld. I'm pronouncing that right. Haley you Steinfeld are. Step into her role. And, you know, they're, they're clearly sort of teeing up this passing of the torch kind of thing. I don't know if Clint Barton is going to go away, but if he did at this point, even four episodes in, I would be fine with our new resident Hawkeye being Kate Bishop. I think she's doing such a great job so charismatic um and if we are springboarding to this sort of young avengers type of place i think you know she's no robert downey jr but she's got her own charisma that is really a great you know foundation for a next phase of all of this well if you listen to al last week we might be getting a pet avengers before we get a um, young avengers uh because al is all about dogs especially pizza dog um as I mentioned before, I, I believe mentioned 25 episodes, uh, mentioned 25 times throughout this podcast in 2021 uh, before we even got to this. So it is, I'm glad it is paying off for Al and all of that. But we are now going to get into our segments, which I have named and not let anyone know. And the first one's a real doozy guy because um, I'm going to sing it. Oh, no. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> it's just like. I'm about to read a plus summary 
from Wikipedia. That's right. I did a Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and I'm going to do this every damn episode until the end. Um, if uh, Marjani, Al, or Tyler drop off the podcast, you now know why. Um, so, yes, episode four, Partners, Am I Right? Uh, directed by Bert and Bertie, who directed episode three. Um, the plot summary is Clint Barton diffuses the situation we ended uh, the previous episode with after Eleanor and Duquesne dis- recognize him as an Avenger. Eleanor asks him to keep Kate Bishop out of his investigation, and later contacts an unknown person to inform them of the situation. With the help of his wife, Laura, Barton discovers that Duquesne is the CEO of Sloan Limited, a shell corporation that launders money for the tracksuit mafia, while Bishop deduces that Clint was Ronan. Barton locates Kazi and asks him to talk to uh, uh, Maya Lopez uh, out of her vendetta against Ronan, while Kate enlists the LARPers in retrieving Hawkeye's missing arrows. Afterwards, Laura informs Barton that the Rolex was, watch was stolen by the tracksuit mafia and is, being, and is sending out tracking signals from, the, from an apartment building. Barton and Bishop go to retrieve it and find out the watch is located in Lopez's apartment, where she also keeps notes on the Barton family. Lopez attacks a, a, a Bishop while Barton is ambushed by a masked assassin. A fight ensues where Barton and Bishop Lopez and the assassin. Between all of them, Bishop injures Lopez, forcing her to retreat, while Barton unmasks his assailant, who is revealed to be Yelena Belova. Before she escapes, Barton decides that he cannot keep putting Kate in danger and breaks off their partnership. So, guys, after serenading you like that, I went through the plot summary and it's going to lead us into our right into our next segment, which I'm calling the bullseye, which is called the best thing or that happened in this episode. What worked most effectively for you or Johnny? I'm going to start with you for this episode, episode four. What was a scene, an arc, a character dynamic that worked best for you? Your favorite thing about the episode? I think the best thing for me was that it. This episode shifted more into Clint being the main character. We started going into more of his dilemma, his grief. Uh, the fact that, you know, now, like the conversation he has with Eleanor, she twists the knife of like, you know what I mean? Like she's she's like, oh yeah, like, like you... Uh, we don't want her to end up like that and like Black Widow, right? And it's like, oh, my God. God, she's so cold, man. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard because, like, it's like, I get it because that's her. That's her daughter. She's already lost a husband. You don't want you know, you don't want to lose Kate. But at the same time, it's just like this guy can't get a break. And even though there were some funny beats with the LARPers coming back and everything, that conversation that they have. Uh, in the living room, Kate and and Clint, you realize that there's so many layers to his loss. One, you know what I mean? Obviously, he feels he feels bad for what went down with that. Two, he's already lost his family before in the blip. And there's a chance that he could lose them again. And three, you know, it's where, you know, Kate finds out that he's Ronan 
And she's like, it's okay. Like everybody makes mistakes. And he's like, no, like I did what I was trained to do. And I, I killed people. And the thing that comes with this job is to manage loss. And you're like, you, you see a parallel between Kate, who's like all rosy about being a hero and doing stuff. And like Clint on the other side saying like, listen, like, I just want to go home. This is not what it's cracked up to be. Like, I, I just want to do the mission and go home and be done with it. So, yeah. Would you say this is Jeremy? It's a, it might not be, it might be a dumb question, but do you think this is Jeremy Renner's best performance as Hawkeye dramatic performance? Cause that's, I would, yeah, I'd seen on the chair when he's talking about that, that scene you just said was, I think it was, it was awesome. I haven't seen Jeremy Renner like that in a, in a minute. Yeah. I would, I would say that because it gave, because uh, Bert and Bertie gave room for him to have more dialogue to go into like if you haven't watched Avengers before from Endgame, Age of Ultron, everything like it pretty much summarizes why he is what he is. Uh, especially when he says like, not everybody had their own way of dealing with the blip. So you're like, okay, could he go off the deep end and be somebody like Ronan again if he loses somebody, which raises the stakes if you know, something happens to Kate or something happens to his family. So it makes the, basically the ticking time clock of him going home unscathed that much more urgent in this episode. Al, what was your bullseye for this episode? Um, my bullseye was the Christmas sort of montage planning and just general get together like scene. I, I love the scene in the apartment, watching Christmas movies, making drinks and just like hanging out. Like, again, I, I've said it when we were talking about Cowboy Bebop, like I love a hangout and like, that's sadly canceled. Yeah. We know. Sadly canceled. Yes. RIP. Um, I, I just love that. You know, I thought they worked so well together. They work so well off each other. You know, you get this like curmudgeon, like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. Uh, Clint and, and Kate, who's just such a glowing light of like optimism and just wants, you know, her idol to, to be everything that she thought he was going to be. So I just, I, I, I'm really loving that dynamic and it really gets solidified here. You know, you know, even Clint opening up, talking about Nat and, you know, his family and things like that. I just, I thought the whole scene was fantastic. Um, and of course, you know, the, the reveal at the end was pretty great too. Um, I mean, I'm going to, I mentioned this to Tyler before we started recording uh, a small bullseye for me will be, uh, you know, Clint's wife is a, a hell of a talker. Uh, she knows all these languages. She knows how to hunt people down and do a whole bunch of research where's that show that's what i want i i like uh clinton laura let's let's get that show let's get it as a crime fighting husband and wife duo solving shit in the midwest uh never happened but listen a man can dream uh, i just want more linda cardellini on in the mcu because i think she's great uh if you ever watch her on mad men oh so good um but my favorite will be i'll, I'll take the cheap way out and i'm going to say it's that end fight scene uh when because i love how it was well it was ruined for me because the internet um i was like i'm not gonna follow any people 
who are I'm gonna un, I'm gonna mute everyone that's like a pop culture person except for like Alan Marjani who are not spoiler guys. They're you know decent human beings. Uh, but someone I follow who's just just a fan of wrestling decided to not only post what happened but here's the photos of what happened. I'm like you. God damn it! Uh, meanwhile, oh, meanwhile, oh. the said actress could not uh, got blocked by Instagram for even mentioning that she was on the show. In yeah, yeah. I mean, god damn it, Twitter. Uh, so I loved that fight, and I love because it's just we get that an instant um, reaction of, oh god, it's Maya's apartment. Clint, what's happening to you? Because then you get big moment and then it's like oh he's being attacked by somebody and uh i was like wow that that's wild and then it's the elena reveal which was wild even knowing it it's still pretty wild and then we had this great fight with echo who is turning into this this great character and i'm really stoked we're getting a show of her uh but just the fight choreography on that was was pretty awesome so i was, I was pretty stoked that's my bullseye Tyler, close us out. What was your bullseye? Definitely. I think it's a pretty healthy marriage of um, your guys, your, the, the first two, which was, but I'll break it. I'll be more specific and say uh, the coin flip montage, because I think there's a lot more to that that sort of meets the eye. We've seen Kate Bishop be very impossibly capable, and we've seen sort of where that drive in her comes from. It comes from losing her dad in the attack, seeing Hawkeye save her family. Um, but now we're sort of seeing why she's remarkable and it's her ability to learn this stuff. It's her ability to sort of point and click. I want to learn this thing. So I do in a night. Um, it's also a great way to show and remind the audience why Hawkeye is sort of remarkable in this regard, why he is, you know, constantly hitting these bullseyes. And it sort of speaks to a larger thing that I think this episode did with the whole Christmas hangout of it all, you do get a lot of beats of like, this is a lot of, this is Kate Bishop's origin story and her crash course is coming from Hawkeye. Yes. Teaching her how to flick a coin, but also sitting her down and saying, this is the cost of this life. You know, um, I'm able to flip, flick a coin and turn off a TV and the right people or the wrong people could have swept me up as a weapon and pointed me in the right or wrong direction. I got lucky and they pointed me in the wrong or the right direction. So you call me a hero. Um, now we have Kate who is sort of on her own path. You saw when she, you know, holds up the arrow at Elena later on, she doesn't take the shot. And I think that's a lot to do with Hawkeye saying the best shot I ever took was the shot I, or was the shot I didn't take. Um, and I think he said, saw in black widow, she wanted out of this life. I think we're going to come to learn that Kate, learned that lesson just as quickly as she learned how to flick a coin and saw someone who wanted out of this life. And that's why we get Yelena in episode five and six, presumably, and not dead on a rooftop at Kate Bishop's hand. Um, so I think there's a lot of beats that happened in that Christmas episode, a lot of show don't tell, um, or not Christmas episodes, that Christmas hangout, a lot of show don't tell that are, is really going to speak to Kate Bishop's character in the future. Man, imagine they killed Yelena, like, in this episode. It was like, what the hell was Blackwood all about, guys? Jesus Christ. Um, but let's get into uh, the worst part of the episode, or what didn't work for you in the episode. And uh, this is called the fruitcake, because who the hell wants a fruitcake for Christmas? It is the oldest joke in the book, and I'm the oldest guy on the podcast, so I'm going to make it. Uh, for me, I'm going to start it off by saying this mystery plot is just this murder mystery is not moving well for me. It is 
a glacial pace, let's say that. And normally that'd be fine if these were hour long episodes and we had, or we had more than six, but we now have two episodes left and we are not getting much further here. Um, so this is just kind of what's dragging down the episode for me. I want to see, I don't need it solved today, but I needed a little more here in this episode. Just give me something, give me a red herring and which they may have, cause we do have a conspiracy theories segment like we always do on these shows. Uh, but it, it's just moving too damn slow for me. Uh, Tyler, what's your, what was your fruitcake? Sure. Um, I think I'll, concur with that a bit as much as i loved the the whole rolex scene as much as i loved i saying out loud to my tv when linda cardellini starts speaking uh german being like what's going on now um i think at a certain point we've got two episodes left and we've got you know is echo our villain is this the story of hawkeye coming to terms with what he did as ronan is it the story of hawkeye dealing with his grief about black widow and that's why elena's here is it the kate bishop origin story is it this murder mystery that's at the heart of uh you know um i'm blanking on the actor's name but the swordsman guy um there's just there's a lot of villains there's a lot of threads to pull and there's very little runway left we've got two episodes um so i think just like not really having a clear concise villain MacGuffin, whatever you want to call it we're we're spinning plates in a lot of different directions which is not the way either of those metaphors work but that's that's sort of my fruitcake of the whole thing is where are we going with all this fruitcake of the whole thing that's going to be a sentence i'm using in 10 reviews coming up um johnny uh what was your fr- <laughs> sorry and i can't even take it seriously what was your fruitcake man <laughs> Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty much a summary of what you and Tyler said. This is the shortest episode of the season, but it gave us so many questions to answer. Mm-hmm. The fact that, like, you've you've introduced uh, Yelena, you still have Echo here. Uh, the mystery of finding out, like, that Jack is the CEO of Sloan, and that's tied to the tracksuits. It was like, all right, cool. We found out. Uh, all right, we'll leave this till like next week. It's just like, yeah, you know, like it's, I'm that that's the, the, it's going to be the overall problem of the series, but I'm, that's the least interest to me. Like it It should be like, it should be like the thing that we're all going for, right? Like who killed, who did this murder? Who, who killed the guy Ele- from Ace Ventura too? Yeah. Who killed that guy? Who does you know Eleanor call? Which I'm sure in conspiracies that we'll that we'll talk about. But like the overall crux of the plot, I'm more interested of in the side stories. They have to rope me back in with like the overall thing that ties everything together. And I don't know with two episodes left and I don't know what the length is. I don't know how you're going to wrap all of this up neatly without like something loose. <laughs> like now, it, it's just impossible. Now guys, I, this is going to be uh, for anyone to answer this. They're saying it's a mini series. Is this a one-off or are we going to get it more? Cause I don't remember them at announcing a season two. If anyone, I, did I anything think, get a season two like right out of the box? I was wheel of time. Or is it well, one of those like, uh, well, see how it works uh, Loki did. Loki, yeah. Loki, Loki was return. the one that said Loki. Loki will return at the end of it. Yeah, because Falcon was kind of a Falcon Winter Soldier ended with oh he's Captain America now, so we're gonna. Yeah, he yeah. Movie. yeah he has a movie. Yeah, yeah. which hey listen yeah. there. 
Um, yeah. So that's, that's the question is like, we have all this to unfold, but if we, if I knew there was a season two, I'd be okay. Like we know there's an echo show, but yeah. I'm like, is Kate in Clint going to be in but it? All, like, but we also are like, you also kind of have to in a wrestling parlance that only you'll understand. Don't we have to have her have like a baby face turn so she can be the hero of her, the, the show? Because it's like, is a villain going to have, or a sort of villain going to have their own show? It's going to be interesting. I think, I think we will get a season two following the adventures of Kate Bishop and, or this is just setting her up to be like, you know, the young Avenger like lead. Right. Because when people, when specifically me, but other people were like, they're making a Hawkeye show. I really thought like you're going to adapt the one great Hawkeye story. Not that there's only one great one, but like the one that people go to what's, what's next. Right. And I mean, there's other things that they can pull from this. I think they're already kind of starting to. So I think we can get another season out of it. Um, I don't necessarily know if Clint's going to be involved, but I hope he is. I think it would be pretty interesting if they do it that way. Al, I'm sorry. I think they've given enough, um, you know, in four episodes, what they have accomplished is I now have an insatiable appetite for anything Kate Bishop. Yeah. So if they, they did the job, Jeremy Renner, exactly. If they can't, they like, and exactly. And they, they don't need the comic book uh, storyboard at their backs anymore. I'm willing to let a bunch of writers get in a room and give Kate Bishop something fun to do. Um, and then maybe yeah. throw in Clint Barton here and there. Well, well, that's the thing though. Is like you know, post post that Hawkeye run, and and again, Young Avengers as well. Um, Kate has had uh, I think two now solo series in the comics. Um, there's a whole great within that run of Hawkeye. There's this run where Kate like leaves New York and she goes to California. Um, it's that's a it's great. Yeah, and they've already made references to the West Coast Avengers as well. Like again, there's so many different ways they can go about it, and I I have faith in faith in Feige, uh, hashtag faith in Feige, and yeah, I, I there's there's so many different things they can do, and there's so much source material that I'm going to be happy as long as I get to see more Kate Bishop. And you know, more to that point, there's there's rumors, and this is where we're way in unconfirmed territory, but there's rumors that Bishop was spotted on the UK set of Ant-Man and the Wasp and their West Coast based heroes. Um, you know, it's it's a rich tapestry. There's a lot of young yeah. Avengers that have been introduced and it's a Fleetwood Mac if, album. If pretty what? It's a Fleetwood Mac album. It's a tapestry. <laughs> Also, it can make a bad um, Last Crusade joke, but here we go. Uh, you, so that actually leads us into our next segment where we're going to talk about um, conspiracies. And I've been kicking uh, this name around the entire podcast. I'm just going to call it a Christmas story where it's your story. Go ahead. What do you think are some possible theories or possible reveals or what you want to see happen? For example, who is on the phone with Mama Bishop? Who's the head of the tracksuit mafia? Who's going to show up? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Al, I'm going to start with you since you're probably the least prepared. Yeah, I 
I think, I think, I think MJ mentioned this last week. Um, it's, uh, you know, uh, Mama Bishop is probably Madam Mask. Is that, that was the, the mm. character name. And again, it just adds a kind of another layer to the, the story because that's like, you know, that's Kate Bishop's basically like arch nemesis um, from that run. And it's a really, it's a really great couple issues that whole um that whole concept so like they're kind of like mix and matching like from that run of like things that they want to adapt and things they want to change and all that kind of stuff if if they go that route that's that's what i would love to see is like because we haven't seen that yet we haven't seen the the um you know family or not family but we, we haven't seen like the mother or father be the bad guy yet right like i'm pretty sure pretty sure we haven't seen that yet in the mcu so that would be very interesting um that kind of dynamic yeah i i'm gonna jump the gun because this just popped in my head and if i don't say now forget um i know who she called she called val Mm -hmm. yes oh i thought i would of course for johnny you thought the same thing i was like i have an original idea (laughs) um i that's what i think um you got uh, me with that one for what it's worth. That, that, um, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to steal your thunder on that. Since you no, 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 no. I, just I, think I have that, something different. I think she, because Yelena shows up. So it's like, I'm just like, okay, why would like, Yelena just show up? You know, secure, runs a security company, going to call Val, you know, government contracts, be like, hey, Clint Barton's here. Uh, I know your girl, uh, Yelena, is probably going to want to take her out. So let's take him out because she's threatening my daughter. And also, Hey, my new uh, fiance is a scumbag, and uh, so let's uh, let's get him out of the way because I think she does already know everything about him. I think she is the bigger villain of the two. I think we've it's been even said that he's the swordsman. I think he's just going to be a minor character here. She's going to be the overarching uh, villain, I guess. She she'll know everything about him already. She would have vetted him. She works for a security company. You think she's going to vet the guy she's dating? My wife is an attorney and she worked at the courthouse. She vetted me before we went on our first date. So yeah, it's going to happen. That's a true story. She, she ran my, she ran my sheet to make sure I was clean. Uh, <laughs> I, like, listen, I had a guy, I had like one, one car accident. I was good. Um, so that's what I think. And, um, I, you know, I, I just still think, I think I, this is what I just want. Clint's going to get home for Christmas. That's what I want to see. That's I, I want to cry. For, I want Christmas tears on the 23rd when this airs. That's what I want. So, Marjani, uh, you you already jumped on some because Tyler, you had a, a number of things you wanted to get on. So, <laughs> any uh, what's your Christmas story? Which what's, what's your what's your theories coming out? Uh, just to go off your point for a little bit, like keep in mind, like Kate hasn't other than losing her dad, and that was the jumping off point for her wanting to be a hero. Yeah. She hasn't really had that crushing blow of like humility yet. And mad yeah, Madam Matt, like oh. that would be that would be the one. Like, you know, her mom being a villain that she constantly has to battle, that would be it. Mine, it's around Kingpin. Like where because with Clint talking with Cassie to tell like Maya to like stop chasing Ronan like she's not going to do that this person killed her father she's not going to rest 
until she gets to the bottom of this ghost or whoever this person is, if she finds out that it was actually Clint. But there's a person over her, her uncle, quote unquote, that can do it for her. Who I thought was named Carlton Fisk, which is actually the name of the famed White Sox catcher. <laughs> that could do it for her, which I think is going to set up the Echo, um, the Echo Show, and he be kind of the big bad of that. Because in the comic, they work together, but there's but she finds out like it's a little bit different in the show now, like yeah, yeah. that she you know. He kills her father, but like it, they could flip it in, in a different way. But I think this is uh, setting up for a grand return of Kingpin. I'm also with you. I would love to see Clint go home for Christmas. But I think when he does, that'll be the last time that we see him for a while. And if you notice in the MCU, it's very much ushering in the new guys and the old, but very NXT to more than 2.0. It is. Of, it's so, it's so working. Right <laughs> yeah. So working of, of like ushering, like having some of the veterans or like the newer veterans, but ushering out like the old guard for new characters. And I think that Clint has earned it. Like this guy is broken down to, to the point where like he has a hearing aid and everything like that. I think that we may see him again down the line, but not anytime soon. He gets his happy ending in the Mets. So you're saying Clint Barton is the Johnny Gargano of the MCU? Yeah, he's... Uh, he... I just don't, like, after this and what they've done with this character, I don't know what, other than him being no. a mentor, I don't know what else you could do with Clint other than just to like Obi- give wisdom that's it obi-wan kenobi I'm already on this adventure so reluctantly that the <laughs> idea of getting him back in the battle again again is going to be difficult yeah yeah he's going to be he's going to be like ah oh, i have to i have to go out again i'm sorry kids like you know what i mean it I think, just doesn't work you know where i think we might see him is secret uh secret invasion ah uh, yeah that but that's isn't that is that next year or is that 2023 that's 2022 uh, I, I think they're shooting it now. I could they're, see. They're, they're, I could see that. That's the only place I could see him because there is no other. Unless she like you know, it's a phone call with him and it's like a cameo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Tyler, um, uh, we talked about a couple things uh, prior recording. Uh, what's what's your uh, Christmas story? What what are some uh, thoughts and theories? Sure, I think uh, going going off of what um, was just said. I think one of the one of the things that I keep coming back to is that pad of paper in um, Maya's apartment that, you know, she is she's good, but she is a street level villain. Uh, Now she's got a Rolex from Avengers compound. She's got information on Clint Barton's tip top secret family. Um, That screams to me like she's getting something either from Yelena, who's working with Valentina or she's getting something from um, uh, uh, Mama blanking, Bishop. But uh, Mama Bishop, thank you, God. That's all I call um, her. You can call her that if you're from me. That's <laughs> all I know her by. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, or you know, they're both one and the same. If your theory is correct, then that's who was on the phone. Um, and I think what that does is set up a lot of what's already been set up, which is sort of this Dark Avengers thing. 
but also we have a precious little runway left where we also have to set up the Echo series. So I think to sort of uh, go back to the point that was just made, I think what we're going to find out is that perhaps Kingpin and Valentina are maybe in very, very light cahoots, and that brings them both into the fold. And now what we've got is, I think what we're going to see is Valentina's plan is to overwhelm Clint Barton with her Dark Avengers. She's got Walker, she's got Yelena, she's possibly got others. Um, but that's not going to happen because she's not going to pull the trigger on her own daughter. And I think what's going to happen is Clint's going to ride off into the sunset and have Christmas morning with his family. Kate Bishop is going to get gutted by the idea of, or by the reveal of who her mom is. And her takeaway from all of that is, well, we need a team of our own. Uh, that's that's my big tinfoil conspiracy theory hat on of how the next couple episodes are going to go. Well, one um, one thing we didn't, you mentioned to me before we got on on the podcast was Daredevil. Oh yeah. Do we do you? And, uh, so Al and Marjani, I'll throw out to you guys too. Do we do, do we just say screw it? We throw Daredevil into this. He might be in Spider Man. Charlie Cox has been you know Boardwalk Empire's own. He's been confirmed. But I think we see him in. Yeah, I don't think we see him until next week. And until Spider-Man No Way Home. We're definitely, I mean, like, they've pretty much confirmed that there's going to be a Daredevil show or he's he's in the MCU. Um, That would be, that would be cool. But I'm like, man, that's a lot to introduce in two episodes. <laughs> like, you I could see that as the, an end credit. Like, I, I, I could, like, almost like a Book of Boba Fett type deal where yeah. we get the Echo, like, we set up Echo and then, oh, by the way, Here's Matt Murdock. Here's this like, lawyer. Yo, know, like, like we just pat, like, either we pass by like uh, a sign for him, or we actually see him swoop by, and it's just like, okay, we've now just planted the seeds. We're getting Echo. We're gonna get Daredevil now too. Echo, Echo walks in the Hell's Kitchen, and yeah, <laughs> can't, aff- can't afford any, can't afford any buildings there because everything's so damn expensive. Yeah. This den of crime is just like the super nice neighborhood. <laughs> the other, the other thing worth remembering too is we're going to get the finale of Hawkeye one week after we get the premiere of No Way Home. So in you know, so Vincent D'Onofrio walking onto the scene, that's like a lot. That's a lot of canon that's going to be thrown at viewers who maybe weren't hip to the Netflix shows. Now you know you might get a brief cameo from Charlie Cox in No Way Home. And that could be Marvel and Kevin Feige's way of saying, like, you know, get hip to this. You've got a week to do so. And then Kingpin walks out onto the scene in the finale. And it's like, we weren't effing around. These Netflix shows are canon. Um, I also just think it's, I would, I could see them introducing a hero as the one to be like, these Netflix shows are canon. You need to learn about them more so than Vincent D'Onofrio is a villain. Um, just because that just, they, they tend to like to keep their connective tissue light. Um, but I just think that's, that's definitely where we're headed. I am not sure if we're going to get Daredevil season four, Jessica Jones season three, but I think, you know, there's no reason that She-Hulk isn't going to be working with Matt Murdock or tapping out alias investigations to do some work for her. God, I can't wait for that. That, 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 that procedural drama will be the one I get my wife to watch. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, crap. I had something I totally forgot. Um, Al, any thoughts before we move on? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, think, oh, I don't want to give them, but I guess I, mean, I will. You, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, 
Charlie Cox, Daredevil. I'm a, I'm a huge Daredevil fan, both the, the the comic and the the Netflix series. I gotta watch that. You would you would love it, uh, especially yeah. especially. I will watch Ragnarok before the end of the year. It's my especially problem. season oh. two. Um, even though it's the, the Punisher stuff in season two is awesome. It's just so so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, where where season two gets a little iffy, I think is the. the you know, the, the hand and Electra stuff, even though I did like Electra. Um, but, you know, you know I, Robert, I, we'll do a podcast and you won't even have to do anything. I'll just, I'll just talk and you can nod your head. That'd be great. That's, that's this podcast <laughs> a lot of the times. Um, I, I want to, I, I don't think we're going to see him in this. I think if we're going to see him anywhere, it's Spider-Man because it yeah. makes the most sense. But a lot of people are also saying like, you know, make him like the, not adversary, but make him making him an annoyance for She-Hulk in the She-Hulk series. I think that would be <laughs> great if we get to see them. It would be cool if he's introduced in Spider-Man and then he has a bigger role in She-Hulk, like as like a as like a cameo or or recurring character. I think it would be interesting. I don't see it here. It's just too much. There's the law hasn't really been involved like at all in this series. Like we we get the the one guy like wants Kate to come in for questioning, but like we really don't get to see any of the cops, one of the cops just helped them tamper everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, because, I mean, listen, LARPing, LARPing is life. And, LARPing uh, is life. <laughs> I love that they brought that into this. It was so awesome. I, um, I think Joe's trying to make the point that if you are a LARPer, you are also a straight-up criminal. <laughs> as as okay, knowing some LARPers in my time, uh, I cannot confirm nor deny. Uh <laughs> I one other thing I'm really excited about is the future of Marvel. Is <laughs> like it's like Julia Julia Louis Dreyfus. Her character is the like the straw that serves to drink. And it's great. It's the Nick. She's the new Nick Fury, except more hilarious uh, and just utterly ridiculous. And that to me is that is the Christmas gift that keeps on giving. Uh, but now let's get into our favorite performance, which I am calling the Pizza Dog Memorial Award because every episode, Pizza Dog is the goodest boy. And he should have his own show. And he's the best part of Hawkeye. We can all agree on that. Um, so, you know, other than him, who is gave the best performance in this episode? Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Who gave the best performance in this episode? Best performance in this episode. I think you touched on it before. And I think in the interest of giving credit where it's due, I think this is the best we've seen Jeremy Renner do as Hawkeye in a good long time. And I think he's taking on um, a, a very much a mentor role, but he's not doing it. He's doing it. He's still maintaining his ability to do it reluctantly. He's not trying to impart wisdom. He's trying to tell this annoying kid how it is. Um, he's impressed by her. He's proud of her to a degree, but he doesn't want this life for her. He doesn't want, he wants to respect her mom's wishes, I think, and not get her involved in all of this that's why he drops her off the roof. That's why he tells her after the fight that like, no, a black widow assassin is here. Like you're done. No more of this. Um, and I think it's going to be, I said it before a little bit, but it's going to be tied to Kate Bishop's character going forward. That monologue he gives about being a weapon pointed in the right or the wrong direction. Johnny. I feel like you could give it to Haley Steinfeld every episode. Like she's so funny and, and it's so like in a subtle way, she's just like, 
clever and then she needs and then she's serious when she needs to be i'm also going to go jeremy renner i there was a scene where you know jack and eleanor are are dancing and like they she's like oh i haven't seen you happy this happy in a long time and then like they talk about being family on the holidays and then she kind of thinks of clint but it made Clint's speech to her that more that much more prevalent because it's like if you take on this life like look at me I'm not home I'm patched up with peas and stuff like margarita mix too and margarita yeah margarita mix like icing myself calling home I can't you know having you interpreted things for me when I lost my hearing aid like I'm not home right now I have to tie up loose ends before I could do that. So I could protect the people that I love. Like, do you really want this life? Like, especially because you haven't been touched by it yet. So like, I think, you know, everybody refers to Hawkeye as kind of like one of the most, like the least interesting Avenger. But I think Renner in this episode shows that there are interesting layers that you could dive into with him. I agree. Uh, Alphonse, uh, this is this is it's a cheat, but I'm gonna do the same answer from you last can't week. Pizza dog. Um, that's I know. I <laughs> he is the goodest boy. No, it's uh, it's gonna be Tony Tony Dalton again. He crushed it. I mean, he's so so captivating, and like you can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen. He beats everyone in the room, including Haley Steinfeld. Like, I mean, he's literally in Love the it. room with. Haley Steinfeld, Vera Firminga, Jeremy Renner, and you just want him to keep talking because he's so charming and and charismatic. And like, it's just like, I, I just want to see more of that character. Like, I love, you know, we they always say that Marvel has a villain problem. I think at this point, I think you could say it's probably like half half at this point, half good villains, half bad villains. He's definitely falling in like the latter, like, uh, or... Um, in the, in the good villain column is what I'm trying to say. Um, it kind of reminds me of Zemo and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Like he's yeah. so you, charismatic and mm-hmm. like, look at me, how funny I am as a, as subterfuge for, I'm really a dick. Like the whole, you know, he didn't say the life is life is like a box of chocolates, you know, and the heart, you know, uh, distance makes the heart grow older. And like, it's like all of this stuff he's saying wrong, but you can read this into different things about, Hawkeye and and Kate and the mom, which I think is pretty interesting. And he is he's he's winning me over too. Like all he had to do was eat a butterscotch last week, and I'm like, <laughs> this dude's a murderer. And then this week he's incorrectly singing chestnuts roasting on an open fire, and I'm like, he's not so bad. He's all right. What a scamp. Uh, he's yeah. saying like all these sayings wrong, and you're like, wait a minute. I know that he's like CEO of the shady shell company, but he's so like, come on, like who who hasn't, you know? Yeah, it's just like he's going to say it. The tracksuits aren't even so bad. You scared yeah. get out of here. Uh, they're they're harmless. They can't shoot. They're stormtroopers. They can't even shoot things. They're harmless, um, bro. What's that? <laughs> I said they're harmless, bro. <laughs> they're, oh my god! Like, a plus. They a plus. Uh, the fact is like call us, bro, or whatever it was on the side of the truck. I'm like, my god. 
I loved, I, I'm going to go Haley Steinfeld in my review of the first three episodes, uh, which you can find on the potbreak.com. Uh, she does so much complex emotional lifting in this episode as she did in those first three episodes. And what, you know, at one point she's trying to be like, uh, you know, trying to be like, I'm best friends with this hero of mine, but now I trying to, I, I kind of have to try and accept this guy who might've murdered the dude from Ace Ventura too. And like, may, like he's might be my stepdad on my mom's like super happy and she's dancing and he is kind of charming. So maybe I have to like give into that. Okay. Now my hero doesn't want me to be a part of it. Screw that. I'm going to go fight. Do I, I have to kill somebody. I don't want to kill somebody. Like there's so much she has to do in this episode emotionally. And in lesser hands, it would be an absolute mess. And I just think we've, we first saw her in true grit, her first role, she was up for an Oscar. Like that's not, that's not by accident. Like the Coen brothers saw something in her. She has just constantly just done different things throughout, you know, doing pitch perfect. And then, but then doing Dickinson and doing all this stuff. And now she's in Marvel. She is the person who's going to carry so much of this. She's going to be like this Robert Downey Jr., who was mentioned before because she can like Robert Downey Jr. She can be funny. She can be serious and she can, she can embody trauma and tragedy and loss and triumph and hope. And she could do all these things. And I think she's going to, it's going to be hard for her not to be my pick every single week. Um, so now we move on to our final segment, which is our overall opinion on the episode rated on a scale of one to 10 pizza slices. So Al, you're the guy who's almost on every episode. You're going to go first. Uh, your rating of this episode, one to 10 pizza slices. I think this was my favorite so far of the series. It's literally um, what you messaged me. This is my favorite episode of the series. <laughs> did I say that? Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. I did. Say, I did. I probably did say it. All right. So yeah, I think this definitely was my favorite episode of the series. Uh, having to, you know, think about it again. I I would want to give it like an, a nine out of ten pizza slices. Ooh. I think it had it had everything that I would want in the Hawkeye, like in like a Dream Hawkeye episode. Um, one one thing I, I saw someone say, like I you know, I wish the rooftop scene was a little better in terms of like the actual like it more interesting at least that the fight. Um, you know, comparatively to the the car chase, uh, which I still think is the best action sequence we got. Uh, you know, poor CG, poor CGI aside, from uh, Lucas oh, oh, would say. Okay, like first off, I thought the Pim Arrow was yeah. hilarious, and I I was, I was okay with the bad CGI for that. Yeah, same. So, but what, what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> I think. I think I think what stops this from being a perfect episode for me is just I, I would have liked to have seen a more uh, more original slash like uh, you know cooler fight sequence at the end. But I thought the reveal was great, you know, and everything else we've already talked about, including uh, Pizza Dog. Um, since I'm old, I'll go next. Um, this is eight and a half out of ten for me. Uh, like I said earlier, my with the fruitcake ep, uh, segment. This murder mystery, man, is just like not enough to for us to sink our teeth in. And they're making it a big part of the they keep saying this is important, but we're not giving you enough. So it's like 
I need more meat on the bones. I think we're going to see that in episode five, but it didn't happen here. That's what's going to be the big deduction here. Um, it's just such a fun show. I love the Christmas aspect of it. I love the hangout aspect of it. And I love how serious they got. They really got into Clint's backstory. And he's he's a character that needed that backstory, needed that emotional weight to him. Because, you know, it's kind of like going to therapy and getting that catharsis moment. And I think Clint, as a character, has never had in the MCU a catharsis moment. I mean, he was Ronin. Then he went back. He lost his family. And then he was... He lost that. And then it's like, now my family's going to, might die. Like he needs that moment where he literally talks about it to us. And it's a great moment. And I think this is one of Jeremy Renner's finer performances we've seen probably since the town. And um, I'm, I'm here for it. Jeremy Renner's a good actor. So I'm, I'm, I'm very stoked to say I've seen him uh, just not shoot arrows. Like for him to talk more in Haley Steinfeld, like I said before, is fantastic, and I'm intrigued. This show, like, even though we're sparse on the murder mystery, I want to know more, and I want to hang out in this world. I don't want to see more, and I want more episodes of this. And that's the sign of a good show. So eight and a half for me. For Johnny, what do you got? I'm also going to go with eight and a half. Eight and a half. It's short. It's the shortest episode, and I shouldn't have been. And it, and like it felt like, damn, I want more. Like it, it did that reveal, and then he's like. You know, like we have to part ways, and then it ends. You're like shit. Like you know, what I mean? Yeah. you know what I mean. Like which is a, which is a good sign, and I think they do a good job balancing the humor aspects and the dramatic aspects. Right? You know, you have like the stakeout thing uh, in Maya's apartment, where like he's trying to give the rundown of like what to do, and then like Kate just goes off and like does the espionage thing and like holds the old guy's groceries, which, which is funny. Um, like you said, like the murder mystery stuff, like I, I definitely do want to know more. I want to see where it goes, but I think the performances and the fact that everything is so fun is actually like making the show a must see for me every single week. And like, I'm like, damn, we only have two more episodes left. So yeah, eight and a half. Like, I can't wait to see where they go um, in episodes five and six. Guest of honor. You're right. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I'm, I think I'm going to end up going a little lower than you guys at maybe a seven, maybe even as low as a six and a half. And only because, um, okay. you know, when you've got a six episode season, when you've got an episode that's this short, you don't have a lot of real estate left in your season to cover a lot of ground. And what this episode did was it didn't necessarily move our core plot forward. In fact, it introduced a few things that now need to get wrapped up. So this episode was well executed through and through. I think we're going to look at Clint's conversation with Kate one day, the way we look at Captain America's conversation with the doctor the day before his big serum experiment. It's really great world building. It's really great, great character development, but it's a big play to your vegetables. Vegetables are great for you, but sometimes I just, you know, I want, I want to cut into that steak. Um, you know, when you look at compared to other MCU shows, you know, WandaVision episode four was our first time where we got outside of the city. We got outside of um, her hex and we really got to see what the hell is going on. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's when Walker killed someone with Captain America's freaking shield. Um, Loki, it's when they 
It's when they cut the head off the uh, timekeeper to learn that, you know, they aren't real. Real, like, game changers. Uh, what if, for, I, I did my research, the Doctor Strange one. Good episode, but that's episodic, so it doesn't make my point. <laughs> real, solid, game-changing episodes. And I think the moment we're meant to sort of hang our hat on in this episode is Yelena's trying to kill Hawkeye, which, after Black Widow, we knew. It doesn't, doesn't have that game-changing thing. But again, well-executed reveal awesome fight scene, awesome banter between Kate and Hawkeye. Uh, it was a big plate of vegetables and vegetables are good for you, but I'm a big kid and I, I, I want, I want the entree. What's mac and cheese people. Um, <laughs> so before we go, I didn't prepare any of our guests for this, but uh, we're going to sign off, plug your social media, but also give us a little holiday recommendation, something you, you know, in this month of December, something, a, a Christmas chestnut that, you know, whether it's a song, a TV, TV episode, a movie that you want people to check out. So, um, Al, how you doing? Uh, struggling, guess. <laughs> My God, you, you need, you need some Gatorade and a, and a nice sleep. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you got for the people? Plug your socials and give us a little Christmas recommendation. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. Um, as Bill said, you can see my photos of churches at the Franklin Music Hall, formerly the Electric Factory, yep. on Instagram and on the Twitters. Um, something Christmas that I recommend. Ooh, that's a good one. Trying to think. You know what? Here's a little bit out of the box. I do love me some Christmas television. Um, Bob's Burgers always does a great Christmas oh. episode. So you can go on any season on like Hulu and just find the Christmas episode. They're, they're usually A+. Um, that's that's kind of it right now. I haven't watched anything. I don't think I've watched anything new Christmas related. But you know what's also kind of also Christmas television? I remember buying this the day it came out on DVD at a Blockbuster, uh, but it was the Always Sunny Christmas, which was not originally set as an episode of television. I think they've now not retconned it, but they've made it like uh, on a a specific season, but it was not. It wasn't something that was on TV because it was the first time they actually got to curse and stuff. It's so fucked up. It's so funny as only Always Sunny can. Uh, definitely it's I think it's just like a you know an always sunny Christmas or something you can find it somewhere uh, on Netflix or whatever Hulu but yeah yeah I mean or go watch the water parks episode which is amazing that's a great um, one um uh Marjani uh of course plug all the stuff you're doing you do a million things and they're all great and uh Christmas recommendation uh, you can find me over Twitter and Instagram at Mirjani Rawls, uh, M-U-R-J-A-N-I-R-A-W-L-S. Um, of course, at the Pop Break and a million other places. Oh, yeah. uh, my <laughs> my Christmas recommendation, uh, Krampus just came out with an extended cut oh, really? called The Naughty Cut. Um, that oh. is on Blu-ray right now. So, like, I think it's a good, a pretty good horror film by uh, Michael Daughtery. So if you can go and you know grab your hand on the Blu-ray, I would definitely recommend it. I'm I'm definitely going to do it. So yeah, check that out. Uh, yeah, that's my recommendation. Kramp- Krampus is a wild movie. I've only seen the first like thirty or forty minutes of it, but it is a 
wild movie. Uh, Tyler, plug your social yes. media and then give uh, us yeah. a Christmas recommendation. Let's do it. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler McCarthy. I landed it early, so that's T-Y-L-E-R-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y. Um, Christmas recommendation. Every year on Christmas Eve, uh, to just get myself to sleep uh, for the big day, I usually do a marathon of either all the Office Christmas episodes or The Simpsons. So uh, keep it on Disney Plus. Watch all The Simpsons Christmas episodes. Some of those early ones are a doozy. When Bart shoplifts, gutting, gutting. (laughs) Um, And yeah, if you're looking for a Christmas toe tapper, uh, you know, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy does the heat miser and. If that doesn't get stuck in your head, there's just no hope for you. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll check that out. Uh, I think I've interviewed them before. Uh, of course, me, I am at Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S, if you must follow me, talking about pro wrestling. Of course, retweeting stuff from thepopbreak.com. Before I get into all the pop break stuff, let me give you my Christmas recommendation, which I'm just going to be a jerk, and I'm going to pick up something that uh, AEW owner Tony Khan also endorsed, and I'm here for it. Die Hard. It's great. It's a Christmas movie. I'm going to say it. I love it. It's a Christmas movie. Go watch it. It's fantastic. It's, one of my, it's just a great action movie if you've never seen it. I feel like people have, because Bruce Willis has kind of devolved into this punchline at times. Um, I feel like people forget some of his great movies because Bruce Willis does have some great movies and Die Hard is one of them. And if Die Hard is too blood and guts for you and you need something just more chill, more fun, more childlike, I will never not recommend Mickey's Christmas Carol streaming on Disney Plus, our first introduction to Scrooge McDuck. Um and of course, Al and I have talked for year, the first year of this podcast about DuckTales forever. Uh, so, yes, but most importantly, I'm going to plug thepopbreak.com. Every single day, we are, we've are we been doing this for 12 years, guys. And we have been talking about film, television, music, comic books, pro wrestling, anime, digital trends. Um, we just had photos from Churchies, not taught by Al, but by Kathy Poulton. Uh, we have a couple other shows coming up for her, including one from the Aces, which I'm very excited for. You guys check out her photos from that. Uh, we're talking about all the great movies that are coming out. Um, and if a lot of the Oscar stuff that's coming out, especially uh, the Macbeth movie with Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand, we have a review from Tom Moore, an alumni of this podcast on there. Television, like I said, we're talking Hawkeye every week. Um, anime, we have like a whole bunch of stuff. Comic books, we're getting stuff from Blue Beetle and uh, Noctura. And uh, pro wrestling, we're talking AEW and whatever else is coming out in the world of pro wrestling. So check us out, thepopbreak.com. We're not on Facebook because we got hacked and Facebook won't help me. Uh, but we are on Twitter at The Pop Break, on Instagram at The Pop Break. Of course, I, again, I want to thank everyone who's been checking out this podcast. Uh, it's uh, It's been a huge uh, thing for both Al and I to be able to talk every week. It's connected us with um long lost friends like Marjani, like you know, you and I talk over Twitter. And again, thank you for all the the wonderful things you've said to me over the past two years, especially uh we find out about my mom. I really appreciate that. Uh and then we meet new friends like Tyler. Uh so uh, you know it's uh, you know to do this podcast has been amazing. Um and thank you all for checking it out. So for Al, Tyler and Marjani, my name is Bill Bodkin. 
And we'll see you next week talking about the penultimate episode of Hawkeye.